We're talking about doomsday preppers. Yes, doomsday preppers. What do I mean, doomsday preppers? So basically, I've been thinking the fact that our country's in a drought and we're facing the worst drought we've ever faced in my lifetime. Um, and people, what are people doing to prepare for this? You know, we always see these doomsday preppers in movies and we see that, oh, people like this actually do exist. People are doing stuff like this out there. Let's hear what they had to say. So what I did, um, my producer hooked us up with an interview with Chevy and he is not just a doomsday prepper, but an everyday prepper. I can imagine how exhausting it could be to be this, but if you are a doomsday prepper or you want to join the crew or you have questions about preparing for doomsday, stay tuned and join in the conversation and send through your questions on 021-446-0567 or on WhatsApp. That's 0725671567 or tweet us on at Cape Talk or and tag at Nolamaloy. But listen to this. Hi, Cleve. How are you? I'm well and yourself. Thank you so much for being with us. That's a pleasure. Yeah, right. That's great. Okay, awesome. Let's get going. Hey, so, um, Cleve, I just want to find out from you, you know, that we're having like this hectic drought and there's a whole lot of other disasters that are happening around the world. You're a yep. doomsday prepper. Can you just tell us, first of all, what exactly is a doomsday prepper? Sorry, can you just speak up a little bit? I'm pretty deaf. Okay. I just want to find out from you, um, what exactly does it mean to be a doomsday prepper? All right. Okay. Um, well, the, the first thing I'd like to do is just to start off by debunking the doomsday prepper scenario. Okay. I think if there, if there was ever a real global doomsday cataclysm sort of marking the end of days, it would be of such magnitude that no one will be really adequately prepared. Um, so, you know, I think just I want to put that to rest uh, firstly. Okay, so you as a doomsday prepper are actually saying that you would actually not be prepared if something really drastic happened. No, no, I, I'm not a doomsday prepper. I'm an everyday prepper. Okay, I love that. I think one of the important things, may, may I just ask you two, two short questions? Because yes. Because it help the, the, us further on. Do you, do you own a car? Yes, I do own a car. And is there, is there a spare wheel in your car? Yes, there is a spare wheel in my car. Great. Then you're a prepper. <laughs> um, am I a prepper or did someone prep that for me? <laughs> no, you see, firstly, you've, you've identified a potential problem, and that's having a flat tire, which is it's not really a safe thing in South Africa to be stranded without a, a spare tire. Mm -hmm. And secondly, you've... Um, You've devised a plan, which is called prepping, to solve or deal with the potential problems should it occur. Yes. I, I completely so, agree with that. Okay. But, okay. So, so identifying potential problems and making timely plans and arrangements to deal with them mm -hmm. when they happen is what prepping is all about. Okay. But, but I just want to find, from you, find out from you, though, Cleve. So you say you prep, for, you prep for your life, for every day you prep. I just want to find out today. What did you prep for that could have potentially happened that didn't happen? All right, prepping from day to day is, is weighing up risks and threats that uh, that we are challenged with or can be confronted with on any given day mm -hmm. um, and preparing how we will deal with given situations should they occur. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, you're suddenly retrenched and cannot find a job. Yes. People, people don't think of, of prepping in that term, but it's, it's, it's a very real problem. Mm -hmm. Or you open your taps and no water comes out. Mm -hmm. Or you, you're confronted by an armed intruder in your home. 
Um, or you're walking down a street, minding your own business, and suddenly you find yourself in, in the middle of a peaceful protest that turns violent and people start shooting at each other. Mm. Or you're out camping with your, with your children and your child is stung by a venomous scorpion, and so on and so on. These are everyday, probable, realistic situations that any South African may be one hundred percent. I completely agree with that. But uh, on my side, I, I don't think I'm a prepper at all. I think I just go with the motions. I just wanted to find out: isn't it um, sometimes tiring and time-consuming to constantly have to prep for things that might not happen at all? And why is it that you feel the need to constantly prep for these kind of things? Oh, that's a great question. I think the the main thing is it become it becomes a lifestyle. Uh, and once once you sort of into the uh, into the uh, how can I put it once you once you into the, the the pattern, it's actually no more difficult than leading a very ordinary normal lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, and you know most of the people that I associate with and the preppers that I know mm-hmm. are very intelligent, clear thinking, level headed, reasonable, pragmatic individuals across the whole spectrum of society, from university professors, engineers, doctors, lawyers. Mothers, every profession you can think of, mm. they're not they're not they're not some radical and fringe element of society by by any any means at all. One hundred percent. So, Cleve, if you're going to the mall, right? What yep. is it that you prep? Um, I think we we all always carry what we call a, um, a bug out bag with me, which has sorry, say that again. Know, some very basic survival things in it. Uh, water being very important, a bit of food. Some warm clothes, um, and then um, uh, you know the very basic things to survive to survive on. Should you have to suddenly uh, get out of the mall fast, or you can't get back to your vehicle, or something like that? I think the one the one aspect of prepping that many people fail to miss is that of self reliance, um, and that you know the more independent you are, mm-hmm. the less vulnerable you are. If you can provide your own energy from solar power, if you've got your own water, if you grow your own food, provide your own security, mm-hmm. deal with your own medical issues, you're far better off than the individual who is beholden to the state or the government or the system for all their life needs. Mm-hmm. Because if people are dependent on those institutions for their life needs, they are very, very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, so most people in society are programmed to be in a state of normalcy bias or cognitive dissonance. Mm. And let me just explain what those two terms mean because it will, I think it will sort of open your eyes to things. Normalcy bias, normalcy bias is a mental state caused by people to underestimate both the possibility of a disaster and its effects. Um, they led to believe that everything will carry on as normal, and this often may result in situations where people fail to adequately prepare. And the other thing that people are programmed to be is, or pro- programmed is to have cognitive dissonance. And this is when people see something actually happening, but refuse to accept it. And, you know, they live in denial. Uh, a phrase you'll often hear when people are suddenly thrust into a, an emergency situation is, it can't be happening. It can't be happening to me. I'm sure you've heard that people say that, you know? Yes. In other words, the ostrich sees danger and buries its proverbial head in the sand, hoping that the danger will just go away. Mm. So the fact is we, we don't live in a normal society. Um, you know, I'm sure that in South Africa, unemployment is sitting at 26% and rising. More and more people are being retrenched because our economy is stagnating. Um, you yourself may find yourself in the not-too-distant future without a job.
Yeah. What would you do? How, how, how would you prepare for such a possibility? Um, well, I think I've, I, I think for me, because I, I don't prepare for such, but yeah. if I found myself without a job, I think I'd just look for another one. And it, it yeah, I, I'll just look for another one. I've actually been in those situations a couple of times. And yeah. I think, I guess I've prepped myself in the sense that I, yes. I, I have a background in certain things. I managed to start working at a young age. So if that's what yes. prepping yes. means. Then I guess that's what I, that's, that's what I've done to ensure that if I yeah. do get unemployed, I'm able to jump onto something else. But I think well, the other question that I want to, yeah, I think the other question, Excuse me, sorry. I just want to say that's a very good point. That because equipping yourself with skills is one of the ways that we that, that we prep ourselves. You know, you mm. might um, you might have um, specialised in say hairdressing or something, but then in your spare time you go and do a first aid course or you do something in you know something like that. Mm. Any skill that you can teach yourself. Is, is a great way of prepping because it also opens other op- job opportunities for you as well. But then, on the other hand, I never did all of that to prep. I did all of that because it was just me wanting to grow and me wanting to experience different things. It was never to. It's never to prep for my next unemployment. It's just how I go through life. I think it's it's, it's just it's just it's exactly the same thing, just under a different name. Mm. Um, you I know, hear you. just to, to get back to the thing that we don't live in a normal society. I mean, you know, if you look, and, and the figures you can go and check up for yourself on the on the on the official website. But crime, for example, is totally out of control in the country. Um, and, and and let me put it in perspective for you, uh, as an example, uh, from the time of the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan and the 11 years of war that followed on those invasions, do you know how many coalition force soldiers were killed? No. I don't think you'd, you probably wouldn't. Sure. 7,333. Now, this is in two modern-day full-on wars involving huge armies, and for the duration of the, the coalition force involved in this war, 7,333 soldiers lost their lives. That was in 11 years. Mm. Now, just last year, 18,000 South Africans were murdered. Okay. Yeah. Keep, Do you think those people that were murdered? That in perspective. Keep that in perspective. Iraq, Afghan war, 11 years, 7,333 soldiers. South Africa, one year, 18,000 citizens. These are the official um, figures that you can, can check up on um, the South African police services website. It's not conjecture. It's, it's the figures given by them. So do you think that this these year, people that were murdered could have prepped for such? Of course, yes. Of course, yes. Um, you know, the, the projected figures for this year will probably be more than 19,000. That means 53 people a day are murdered in South Africa. So, so how can people example, prep themselves to not be murdered? Well, there's, there's different ways. You've got to, you, you can't rely anymore on the, on the police to, to protect you. You have to um, improve on your own security issues. Learn to be more um, situationally aware lock doors and windows in your home at night when you're driving in your vehicle uh be aware of you know people approaching your vehicle and that sort of thing um this is you know you have to uh admit with 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 a crime that that it is now you know you're speaking to me now 24 in 24 hours from now 4887 new serious crimes will have been committed Mm. And I mean, surely even for someone with an IQ at room temperature, it should be blatantly obvious that the police are not in control of the situation. 
And as a prepper, you have to take greater responsibility for you and your family's personal security issues. Okay. And I mean, this should, this should just be reasonable. It's not, you know, being and, over the top. And Cleve, I also just wanted to find out what happened in your life that you now find the need to prep for mm. everything that happens. Um, well, I've been, I've been prepping now for about eight years. Um, you know, I keep a very close watch on uh, international, national, and even you know, regional events and see what's happening around me. And, you know, that just tells me just that, that things are not looking good um, and that it just make, it is just wise to take precautions and to uh, and to be able to see yourself through times of difficulty. We're sitting now in the Western Cape with this whole water crisis. Yes, I actually wanted to get to that. Have you yes, prepped for you that? Know, what are you going to do if in three weeks' time or a month's time there's no water, there's no rain and you're going to open your taps one day and no water comes out? How are you going to cook? How are you going to shower? How are mm-hmm. you going to flush your toilet? Well, you see, I, so, I think on my prepped. side, because I haven't prepped, <laughs> um, yes. unfortunately, I think I'm just going to hope that it rain. Well, I actually believe that it will rain. I don't think that we will have, we will die of a drought. It, it, we obviously do need to keep conserving water, but I truly do believe that it will rain. And um, when we do get declared a disaster area, hopefully we'll have, we will have water coming in from other places. All right. So what is, what's going to happen is one of the, one of three things. Uh, people with a normalcy bias, those are the eternal optimists, of which you sound like one. <laughs> Don't worry, it will rain and all the dams will be full. All right. The prepper will be realistic and says, okay, so if we do not get enough rain and there may be a possibility that municipal taps will run dry, what can I do now to prepare for that possibility mm-hmm. so that I can survive if the rains do not come? Yes, And then the people with cognitive dissonance will freak out the day they turn their taps on and nothing comes out. How am I going to bath, shower, cook, do my washing, flush my toilet? This can't be happening. They rush off to the supermarket to buy a bottle of water, but it's all sold out. As people have, all the people have rushed to buy what stocks have left. The cognitive dissonance and the normalcy bias, people both end up being victims and casualties, not survivors. Mm-hmm. So how have you prepped for this um, water crisis? Did you see it coming? Okay, I have I have additional water tanks um, on my property that is that I've been catching up the rainwater for you know that we've had in the past, um, and I've got I've got enough water to last me for three months to carry on quite normal to do normal showering, washing, bathing, everything. Um, so I can I've got enough water supplies to last me for three months, and then if hopefully by then it would have rained. If not, then we have to go over to Plan B because the prep has always got a Plan B. And what is Plan B? <laughs> it's necessary to relocate to somewhere where that has got water, and so you'll find that most preppers have what they call a bug out um, location somewhere that is safe, that has got water, that has got all the necessary supplies that, if need, they can move to that place. Okay, so Cleve, you asked me what I'm going to do if there's no water. I have, I take my answer back. I'm going to call you. <laughs> that's the that's the problem issue. When the poor poor does hit the fan, everybody runs to the papers and say help. <laughs> uh, and um, so I just want to also find out this doomsday um, prepping community, right? Mm. Um, where is it? Is it inclusive? How does one join? What does one need to do? Is it a full time job? 
I think there's a whole lot of questions that people have for us. You know, the whole the whole doomsday thing came from a series on on television that was an American thing that is was again completely over the top. Um, as Americans, I want to do they like uh, going over the top with everything, and um, so that's where I think the whole idea came of a doomsday prepper. But the prepper community has been around for a, for a long time already, and so very loosely. Knit. There's no, you know, there are no formal organisations or no formal uh, groups and so on. It's a very loose-knit community of friends and um, people you know and and so on that form loosely-knit groups um, of mutual support. Should you know, should there be any major uh, catastrophe or major social unrest and so on, where these groups get, can get together and offer mutual support for now. So it's a very loose knit. There's no headquarters. There's no, you know, nothing like that. Okay, lovely. So you are still tuned into the weekend early with myself, Nala Maloyana. I'm speaking to Cleve. He is a doomsday prepper. If you need some advice on what to prep, on how to prep for the drought that's coming up or anything, please call us on 021-446-0567 or tweet us at Cape Talking. You're more than welcome to WhatsApp us as well on 072-567-1567. And if you are a doomsday prepper, call in, tell us what do we need to do. And if you're not and you're just an optimist, Tell us, what do you think about this conversation? Do you think that it is wise to start prepping? Are you prepping? Um, what are your questions? You can call me and you can speak, um, find out what Cleve had to say. You can also call me and find out. Let's discuss this because that is what we do here on the weekend early. I am taking you all the way through till six o'clock, but we are still st- speaking to Cleve Cheney. Am I pronouncing it correctly, Cleve? Yeah, Cheney. Okay, we are. I just want to correct you there. I'm not a doomsday prepper. I'm just an everyday prepper. (laughs) Okay. Oh, yes. There we go. Not a doomsday prepper, an everyday prepper. So now I'm going to put you in a random, a random scenario. So you are, you're in the desert, and it's okay. Now let me actually in the desert takes it too far. I think that's too drastic. There's a hurricane in South Africa. How have you prepped for that? For a say again for a hurricane in South yes. Africa. Yes, how have you okay. well, Generally speaking, we um, we live in an area, uh, or I live in an area where there are hurricanes are not quite common. There's just been one, or as they call it, a cyclone that has passed uh, passed over the Mozambique Channel just recently. I'm sure you're aware of that. It passed over um, Pumalanga and those areas. Mm. Um, cyclone Denawa. Th- th- that's right. Yeah. Yes. So I think one of the things that a prepper does try and do is to stay informed. In other words, you know, you watch the news regularly, uh, check the weather reports and so on, and if something like that is um, on the way, then you will take the necessary precautions. You know, you will um, mm. move to higher ground if, if there's uh, a possibility that you might be stranded in uh, a place for a while. You'll make sure you've got, you've got enough provisions to see you through. These, you know, these things are usually a fairly short duration. Um, cyclones usually pass over quite quickly, so it might just be a three or four day inconvenience, and you'll just make sure that you've got enough to see you through through that through that short period. Mm. Um, so the, the main thing is to to stay informed. Okay, well, which is true, um, and I think people are watching the news, but they don't prep accordingly. So you mm. would say. But I think the other question that I actually have for you is: Are you a parent? Yes, I'm a, I'm a grandparent. I've got, oh. I've got five grand five grandkids and four children. Okay, so if you only started becoming a doomsday prepper about eight years ago, you said. Um, what about people that have children? How do they prep their children? I mean, 
Oh, sorry, sorry, not sorry, not mm. doomsday prepper, everyday prepper. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, I, I think just teaching teaching your kids and spending time with your kids and teaching them skills is a way of preparing them. In other words, you know, instead of letting letting them sit in front of the TV all day, take them take them camping, teach them camping skills. But I mean, teach if, them how to, if they go to teach school, teach them how to cook, go swimming with them, do things that will uh, equip them with practical survival skills. That's one way of doing it. But I mean, if, if yeah, you if your kids go to school and um, all of a sudden there is um, touch wood, this doesn't happen, that there is like people robbing the school. Um, mm-hmm. The kidnapped, mm-hmm. yes, this is the correct yeah. word. If, if there's yeah. a kidnapping at the school or something like that, how, how do you, since you are a prepper, how do you prep a child? Training, tra- training your kids to, to deal with situations like that. You know, that um, we can't depend on others to to train them with these things. Um, you must be able to tell them, listen, if this happens, do this and this and this. Um, don't provoke the people if they tell, them, tell you to lie on the ground, lie on the ground, and so on. Um, and in other words, preparing them to face a situation like that will help them not to panic and do something stupid. So it's up to the parent, I think, to... Um, Think through scenarios and also to practice different things with the kids. Give them, uh, teach them different skill sets and different responses to different things and then practice it through through with them because the more they practice it, the more comfortable they will feel um, and more able to handle situations like that. And what you've said now is it's happened now how many times now in the, in the States, eh? with uh, school shootings and so on. So these are things that can happen. It's not um, it's not an unrealistic scenario that you're painting there. And then the last question um, for me is, I just think, don't, do you not think that if someone is prepping, you say prep your kids and teach them accordingly, do you not think those that's just normal parenting skills? I mean, when I was young, I knew that when there was a fire, I wouldn't have to stop, drop and roll. Not because I was prepping for it, but because it was just generally taught to me. That's just general survival skills. Like if you're crossing the road, you look left and right and you cross the road. Not because I prepared for it, but just because that's just normal teachings. It's like how you play, say please and thank you. Do you think that is prepping or do you think you just... Yes, of of course it is. You know, as I say, that that, uh, what what goes as or what used to go as normal, like taking taking my son son hunting or fishing or camping or so, what used to go as normal is now seen as something, um, uh, I wouldn't say abnormal, but now if you call it prepping, uh, people look at a scarce at it, but in actual fact, it's quite normal. You're teaching them skills that they can use in a situation where uh, they can be life-saving. And so it is absolutely normal. That's what I said to you earlier on. There's nothing um, fringe element or abnormal about prepping. It is imparting skills to people Mm. um, so that they can be more self-reliant, that they don't have to depend on uh, other people to always help them out. Um, and I think even nowadays it's even more necessary because, especially with kids, they're not taught. You know, in the old days, we used to go to Boy Scouts, and what was the what was the model of Boy Scouts? Be prepared. Mm. So they were taught these sort of skills. Nowadays, there's no Boy Scouts, there's no Cubs, there's none of these things, and so kids are not being taught these things. Um, and in fact, my, my my son actually does that. 
um, he goes around teaching kids uh, survival skills. And there's such a demand for it, you just can't keep up with it. Okay, that's fair enough. Hmm. Sounds sounds intense, sounds like a lot of work. But um, before I say goodbye to you, how do people get a hold of you and how do people join your club? Um, well, I've, I've just started with a club. I've, just, I've got a, uh, an, an uh, electronic magazine mm-hmm. a publication called SA Preppers. Um, if they're interested in um, subscribing to that, they can contact me on my email. And then we can, you know, we can take it from there. We just normally email the, the, the magazines to them once a month, and that is all interesting subjects dealing from medical issues, how to grow your own tomatoes, what to do if you are, you know, motor vehicle accident, all these everyday um, practical things that can happen. Um, and that's, you know, that's available to people that that would be interested. Okay, awesome. Cleve, it was really lovely having you on air. Have a lovely day and I hope you've prepped for tomorrow. And I think yeah. I will, I'll see how I can, I'll, I'll actually think about how, and maybe me thinking about my normal daily routine will make me realize, yeah. am I prepping? Am I not prepping? Or am I just going through life? Thank you so much for that, Cleve. Um, hopefully you, hopefully I'll still have your numbers. If we do have a draft and if there is no water, I'm definitely coming to your place. And if it means moving somewhere else, I'll be there too. So keep space for one more. So basically, I'm asking you to prep for one more. (laughs) Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Cleve. Have a lovely day.